0: And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Ryan the Hacker Green with you, alongside Denny Thompson, host of the Sports Den here on both 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, after a uh, brief hiatus last week, we're back at it, and certainly a lot going on at the University of Florida from the football field, practice, spring practice, uh, right around the corner, basketball, obviously a couple of big wins, some baseball news, and a coach at the football team staying in Todd Grantham. we got a lot to get into this week.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. I can't believe already baseball's already started. Yep. Basketball's winding down. And there are college teams starting spring practice, I want to say, this week or next week. I
0: think the first Power Five that I saw was, I think, Duke.
1: Duke always and does their, in February. March,
0: March 1st. March 1st. March 1st. Okay. March 1st. Yeah, so I want to say are, last year
1: they did mid-February.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you have an ACC team that begins spring practice yep. in about a week, week and a half. It's pretty crazy. You know what that always tells me? What's that?
1: is to get ready because it's my busy time of year because that means college spring break is right around the corner and then in the quarterback training world from college spring break all the way through the end of July, we don't stop.
0: Yeah, it, it, it keeps going. There's no question about it. Of course, Duke's going to have to replace Daniel Jones, who's going to be a very high draft pick in the NFL draft. All right, let's get in to some Gator Talk here on Gator Bites. It's what we do on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Let's begin with Todd Grantham. You and I haven't spoken since Todd Grantham decided to turn down the Cincinnati Bengals and remain at the University of Florida. What was your opinion when you heard the Bengals were talking with Todd Grantham, and then likewise your opinion when you found out Grantham said no and's going to return to Florida?
1: You know, Hacker, I didn't really have any feelings about it. I, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that's going to go delete tweets and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't like that Grantham hired a start. Like I, I just and I was wrong. He had a great, well, he had a good year last year, not great. Because if you look at some of the the scores, they gave up. And you look at, like, the Kentucky game, no adjustments were made. Absolutely none. Missouri game, same thing. So, um, I'm not the biggest Grantham fan. I will say it this way. When I heard he was interviewed, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Good for him. Mm -hmm. When I heard he didn't get the job, I was like, okay, cool. Good for us. Like, it wasn't – I didn't really care either way. You know what I mean?
0: Florida's success on the recruiting trail right now, a lot of that's Dan Mullen, obviously. A lot of that's some of the assistants – what have you heard as far as Grantham and his recruiting? Is that helping what Florida's doing? That was my main concern, honestly, when I heard Grantham might be leaving. What could that potentially do to some of these defensive guys that they have in the class of twenty twenty? Yeah,
1: he's a high level recruiter. I, I think if you if you leave now, then it gives you plenty of time. Sure, you know to to really lock down the twenty twenty guys, and they're so good at the position coach position at, at the position coaches that. I think that's who's doing the main recruiting. Now, Grantham, granted, I was at Florida a couple weeks ago. He is very involved in the recruiting. My thing with Grantham is I can remember him at Georgia, and my wife's a Georgia fan, and everybody wanted to run him out. I can remember him at Louisville, and everybody wanted to run him off. Like, like it's He's got a shelf life. And it's great they signed him into this contract, and the rumor is, or I guess they've said they did it before he actually went to Cincinnati, but... Things are good until they're not in that world.
0: If you're in the coaching profession, and the, so let's say the money's the same. All right, let's say 2000000 million. We'll use a nice round number, $2 million. You can be the Bengal defensive coordinator. You can be the Gator defensive coordinator. What is? What do coaches want to do? I mean, if it's the same job, the same money, is it better to be in the NFL or is it better to be in college?
1: It depends. I think it goes coach to coach. I've got a lot of friends who are in the industry that, I think they would probably – the majority of them would want to go to the NFL. Um, take away the recruiting. Take away the time away from your family out of town, right? And in college football, man, people don't realize, like, these guys are in three different cities in a day. Mm-hmm. You know, in the NFL, you're you're in one place for the most part, and you've got, you know, some time off. And in, in college football with recruiting and everything else, you basically have a three-week period in July off. And once that period ends, Hacker, it is it's 24-7, 365. And it's funny because I hear all these head coaches talking about, you know, the new thing is we want our assistant coaches home with their families, and we want this, and, and you know, we don't want them to work until after this time. But you ain't telling us what time you want them to get there. And and it, it, it doesn't matter if, if I can go home at 7, if you want me there at 4 a.m., right. I'm going home and going to bed, right? It, it, it doesn't matter how you carve it up. It's a grind at the, at the college level. The NFL level is much more cutthroat. You don't get quite the length of contracts that you get at college. The college contracts are probably actually better. They are better. But you've probably got a better quality of life.
0: He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Some former Gators, well, I guess you're never really a former Gator, but guys that are no longer playing at the University of Florida, getting ready for the NFL draft. How about this, Denny? Caught me off guard a little bit yesterday morning. Mel Kuyper Jr. came out with his mock draft on ESPN.com and had Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle from Florida, going in the top ten, going number seven, actually, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not that I watched a lot of offensive line play. I mean, look, when Florida had the ball, I was focused on Felipe Franks, on the running game, on the wide receivers. You don't really notice the offensive line. But if you were to tell me back then, say in September, October, that Jawan Taylor was a projected top-ten pick in the NFL draft. I would have been very surprised by that, to say the least. What's your thought on Taylor and your thought on why he is projected so highly in April's draft?
1: I said the exact same thing, Hacker. We were talking about this on the Sports Den, I don't know, about a month, month and a half ago, when all this Jawan Taylor in the top 15 came up. And I'm like, I can't imagine a world where that's the situation. And then I started talking to some people, and I realized how much work this kid has done. Like the weight that he's lost, the way he's transformed his body. And I started getting a bunch of things about how technical he is, how he's really just sold out to the craft. And um, and his upside is really, really high. So guys that know a lot more than I do about the offensive line position all tell me that this dude is the real deal and that he's going to get in, he's going to play right away, and he's going to do nothing but get better. As far as the Jaguars are concerned, like I'd love for them to draft, and this ain't a Jag podcast, but I'd love for them to draft a line first round. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. If that means Juwan Taylor, that means Juwan Taylor. Um, you know, at some point, though, you, you got to start asking the questions about, like, why why were there issues running the ball in Gainesville early on? Like, was it just an offensive – were they settling into something? Were they were – they, I mean, because they were getting blown off the ball the first couple games. Yeah,
0: particularly you know, Kentucky. Yeah,
1: why? You got Martez Ivey, you've got Juwan Taylor. Like, why? Why did that happen? And is it a is it a – is it a – what's the word I'm looking for? Is it a testament to the coaching that they got so much better at the end? What happened?
0: Well, the interesting thing about Jawan Taylor, too, you know, we do so much recruiting on this show. He was a three-star kid yeah. coming into Florida. I listened to the frenzy show, and they were talking about it. I believe they said he was like 140th in the state of Florida for his recruiting cycle. Sometimes you just miss on guys. Do you nights. know why he
1: was, though? Because he was so obese. Okay that he really couldn't move.
0: Well, the, the interesting thing, he was teammates with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Right. Right? Right. Down, um, where'd they go to high school? They played for Coach Wilkins at Coco. Played at Coco. And, you know, they were teammates there. They both go to Florida. Gardner-Johnson, much highly rated, more highly rated coming out of high school to Florida. Yet it looks like Jawan Taylor is going to go well above Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the NFL draft.
1: Yeah, Jawan Taylor, it really is. If you want to see a, a, an example of a kid that really has just put the work in. This is the Juwan Taylor kid. Wow. Yeah, I'm showing Hacker the, the pictures now. He was he always had good hands, he was all but he just he was fighting that demon, just that weight demon. And they got him in at Florida and, and really he started in high school.
0: And 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 look, you know, we talk about Coach Savage, a strength coach but obviously, Jawan Taylor, that's more than a one-year process. Now, well, I'm sure Coach Savage helped, but thats thats over. that's got to be a couple of years. He's lost a ton of weight. Now,
1: I, don't quote me on this, but I think the story goes that Florida told him they would offer if he lost 50 pounds. Okay. And that's what's kind of set it in motion. Is he, That was his dream offer. That's where he wanted to go. So that's what kind of kicked him into gear. He lost 50 pounds and then continued on with his development.
0: You know, you train quarterbacks here locally, Denny, with six points. You do a lot of work with football players. Um, what do you think is going on right now? For not only the eight Florida Gators that have been invited to Indianapolis, including Jawan Taylor, but the hundreds of college athletes that, in a little over a week, are going to be at Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis taking part in the scouting combine. What kind of last-minute preparations are going on, training-wise, to get ready for that event? Yeah,
1: we've got I've got an, like a front-row seat to that over with James and Boo Sports Performance because they do a lot of that stuff. And and at this point, I think people will be surprised how scientific this stuff is. It's not just hey how fast can i run it's how do i learn to really beat the laser like how do i learn to you know to get those first, that 10 yard split where it needs where it needs to be because it doesn't matter what your top end speed is if, if you if you start off slow you're kind of screwed and so you, you walk into boost and you see these guys at this point working on this every single morning and how do i learn really to to get the most out of my vertical and what's the right fundamentals for the bench press and and that lets me get that extra, you know, two reps in, stuff like that. And so I think people are surprised or would be surprised. You go in and there's a lot of grinding, there's a lot of hard work, but a lot of it is very technical at this point.
0: And we'll do a lot more of that next week with the combine starting at the end of next week. Again, eight Florida Gators will be participating in the scouting combine, and we'll kind of go player by player, give our expectations for them next week in Indy. To the hardwood, the Gator basketball team, I thought they were dead in the water. Uh, now look, you beat Vanderbilt. All right, it's a good win at home. One you had to have going to Alabama. Winning a game against the Crimson Tide might be their biggest win of the year. Andrew Nimhart, the Gator freshman, was named Gator or was named SEC Freshman of the Week. Nine of nine from the field. And the bottom line, you look now, Denny. Florida at fourteen and eleven. They're six and six in the Southeastern Conference. Joe Lenardi on ESPN.com just released bracketology. He has Florida at number sixty-eight the last team in the field. He has them in Dayton playing in the, the quote-unquote play-in game. But, boy, if Mike White can find a way to get this team in the NCAA tournament, that would be a heck of a job. Certainly a, a lot of work still to do. We understand that. But Florida may be turning that corner just a little bit.
1: The NCAA wins if they can get them in that play-in game, by the way. Like, I mean, is that that's a big team for the playing? game. Oh, there's no
0: question. Yeah. Absolutely. I. Mean, I
1: it's interesting because does Mike White is is it that Mike White's gotten them going? Like, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a basketball guy, so maybe you can help me with this. Is Mike White the issue?
0: I, I don't think he's. Or is the he issue. the solution? I, I think the issue is. Well, I think Mike White struggled recruiting big men. I think there's a problem with big men. Well, you know, I love Kavarius Hayes, but he can only do so much. And Florida has not done well in the interior. Now, they have McDonald's All-Americans on their way, and maybe that'll change. But I think the three freshmen, Locke, Nimhard, and Johnson, have really figured it out over the last couple of games. And, and if that continues, I think Florida is going to be in a prime position to make the NCAA tournament. You look at their last six games. They start this week at LSU. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting schedule, Quirk. They play LSU twice. Yeah, in the last six games, which is weird. So you're at LSU, you're home against LSU, you're at Kentucky, yikes, and then you have Missouri, Vanderbilt, Georgia. Denny, they gotta beat Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Georgia. And then if you split with LSU, you're probably in the NCAA tournament. But if you lose, you think Mis-
1: you, you think it's you think it's that simple?
0: I, I do. I, I mean, if you don't you- think
1: they have to win one. At the SEC tournament? Now, if
0: you go 4-2 and two in the next six, they're probably in. I mean, Lenardi has them in right now. And not to say Lenardi's word is gospel, but he's, he's pretty, pretty darn good.
1: Yeah, and if you accurate. go
0: if you go 4-2, and two, that means you're beating a top 15 team in either LSU or Kentucky. Uh, I think it might be nail-biting time on Selection Sunday, but I still think they're in. The problem is, and what will be nail-biting time for Gator basketball fans, is you cannot lose to Missouri, Vandy, or Georgia. Yeah. If you lose one of those three... Then you're going to probably have to pick off a team in the SEC tournament.
1: Yeah, I, you said, you know, it looked like they were dead in the water, maybe not. I still think they're dead in the water from the sense of, you, had, you have any hope that this team can make any type of run? And when I say run, even win two games in the NCAA tournament?
0: No, but that goes back to the old question. Would you rather get in the big dance and lose in round well, one? I got one, you. Or would you rather make the quarters of the NIT? But the standard. Well, I would rather get in the big dance, I think.
1: Oh, I'm with you. I know. I don't. No doubt about that. But I think the standard in Florida is if you get in the NCAA tournament, like you want to win a couple games. You don't want to be a one and done game guy, right? I mean, I don't care anything about. I'll watch that play in game, but you're gonna be you're gonna be like ecstatic if they win. Uh, The first round is the first round. That play in game doesn't count in my book.
0: Well, I think you know what you're looking for now is to get Nimhard, Johnson, Locke. Um, Reps, You know, Bassett, Ballard, all these young freshmen and sophomores, you're looking to get them reps. So when the McDonald's All-Americans come join them next year, all of a sudden you may have something. You know, now you're supposed to have some senior leadership with Kayvon Allen and Jalen Hudson and Kavarius Hayes. And I like those guys. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't materialized for them. But maybe they're starting to come out of it again. I thought they played their best game. Against Alabama, that's why I'm very curious. Moving forward, LSU and Missouri on the horizon. If Florida continues to progress, we'll see if they have turned that corner. It'll be fun to watch. Certainly yeah. more intriguing to me now, Denny, than it was. Oh no doubt. You know, a week, two weeks ago. Yeah,
1: no doubt. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of playing devil's advocate for the sake of playing it on that. I just, I'm not allowing myself to get excited about Florida basketball at this point. <laughs> right. No, <I> <laughs> if, if, now, if they go and they beat, if they go four and two and and. One of those wins is Kentucky at the end, at Kentucky. Oh, if
0: you go into Rupp and win, you're probably in the tournament. Yeah, okay, absolutely. well, now, I'll,
1: no, not even tournament. I will then at that point go, okay, this this team has shown some merit that they can go and they can beat someone who is better personnel than they are.
0: You know, I'll tell you, the SEC as a whole has been fun to watch. Auburn, LSU, Kentucky, Tennessee, obviously, even Alabama. Got some good teams. It wasn't that long ago the SEC was looked at as a laughing stock. It was awful. And now they've invested some money. You know, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, Ben Howland, Mississippi State. Uh, You know, the teams are real Avery Johnson at Alabama. Arkansas has got to get
1: back. Like, that's the the thing that I think the SEC needs. When they brought in Arkansas and the SEC – it wasn't a football move. It was a basketball With move.
0: With the big, nasty Corliss Williamson. Yeah, yeah. 40 I mean, minutes of hell.
1: Yeah, they, they've got to get that back because I think the SEC thought, okay, we get Arkansas and we get Kentucky, we get ratings. Yeah. You know, because that, that was that was it then. One, they've got to get them back.
0: One final thought here on Gator Bites. Again, next week we'll do all the combine talk. We'll obviously review some basketball. Again, Denny Thompson, Ryan the Hacker Green here. Gator baseball just starting. Play, mm-hmm. They've played three games just mm-hmm. starting. Well, congratulations to Kevin O'Sullivan, 500 career wins. That's a big deal, man. I mean, that, that's it is. that's quite an accomplishment. Obviously, he's brought a, a national title to the University of Florida in baseball, that coveted title that they had been looking for for so many years. Kevin O'Sullivan, I'm not sure if he gets the due that he is due. But I think that he is a, a heck of a manager. And, again, congrats to him on 500 I don't victories. think baseball
1: gets to do. But I think in the baseball world, Kevin Sullivan does. Kevin Sullivan does because that is the premier baseball program in the country right sure. now. Period. And, and I just
0: wonder if Gator fans appreciate him.
1: Yeah. Because, man, I, because I don't know how
0: many Gator baseball fans there are necessarily. I, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot come May. i figured that out. Yeah. I don't know how many there are in but February Here's
1: where I'm going to give props to him is he opens up the season with Long Beach State. Okay, Long Beach State, I don't know anything about them, but here's what I know. They've practiced before. The the Seminoles opened up the season with Maine. Yeah. Like, it's February. Easy
0: on Maine. My in-laws are in Maine. You know what it
1: is? You know what the degree is today? There isn't one. Yeah. There's no temperature. Those guys haven't even practiced yet. And, of course, you're going to sweep them. Like, well, come on, feel free to just open up with somebody in the south that could get outside at this point.
0: Are you going to have the same thoughts when Florida's playing Towson and football in September? It's uh, a
1: completely different thing. Yeah. It's a completely different thing. Like, you opened up. Schedule them after they got to practice a little bit. It's still three degrees in Maine.
0: You know, I, I know this is a Gator podcast. So I hope we don't get in trouble here. Mike Martin's final year in Tallahassee. Guy has done so much for that, for that Seminole baseball program. Man, you'd like to see good things happen to Mike Martin. I know him personally. I've had many interactions with him. I really like Mike Martin. But it's just going to be so odd sitting here next year talking Florida, Florida State baseball, talking college baseball, and knowing that Mike Martin is not the manager at Florida State. It's all I know. I mean, I'm 35 years old. I don't really know a When you say good things. Look, I'm I'm not going to go as far as they hope they win the national title.
1: Well, then I think he has had good things then. Yeah. Like I mean, if you if if that because that's the only thing the dude hasn't done. That's
0: true. That's the one thing that's missing. It.
1: That's it. He has had a hell of a career. He's been very successful. I mean, if the, if if you're going to start putting the standard, not you personally, but if people are going to start putting the standard of. You're not a good coach if you don't win a national championship. Well, we're going to have to rewrite a bunch of record books in every sport. So the only one that can do it.
0: Gator baseball is uh, just starting, off to a very good start, obviously. USF tonight. USF tonight, that's right. Gator basketball. We'll talk about LSU and Missouri next week. Obviously, Gator football as well, the Combine on the horizon. You can be heard on the sports den weeknights 9 to 11 on both 1010XL and 92.5FM. What can people look forward to over the next week or so?
1: I don't know. Man, we don't we don't know till we walk in. I'm sure draft, right? Isn't yeah. that all y'all are talking about as you, well? You just wing it. We wing it. Going
0: there at nine o'clock, you and big game James just wing it. We walk
1: in about eight fifty seven and no notes and let's go. Well
0: there you go. You get that expertise <laughs> on the sports den every night. Of course you can hear me alongside Joe Cowart, Matt Hayes, and Leon Searcy on XL Primetime. Noon to 3, again, on both 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, I enjoyed it, man. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. For Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for listening to Gator Bites. We'll do it all over again in seven days.